episode 88 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on October 13th, 2018. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. Bioware held a live stream where they revealed details on the new story, Jedi Under Siege. I'll keep things spoiler-free, and by spoiler-free, I mean I'll tell you the name of the planet it takes place on, as well as introduce you to some new and returning characters and companions. Bioware also revealed details on the new Tier 5 gear. We can get it from crafting and regular gameplay. I'll tell you how. Finally this week, I'll talk about all the changes coming to a guild near you. And with that, it's time to make the jump to Lightspeed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Welcome to Episode 88 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. On October 11th, Bioware held a live stream to discuss their plans for Game Update 510, Jedi Under Siege. Game Update 510, which will release in December, includes a new story, a daily area, a new tier of gear, master modes gods from the machine, and improvements to guild management and guild progression. Joining me to discuss all of this is Marcus from the Working Class Nerds podcast. Marcus, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about this because there's so much they talked about for 94 minutes. They sure did, and we've got a lot to cover today, so why don't we dive right in, and I'd like to start with the new story, and spoiler alert for everyone, we're only going to talk about what was covered in the live stream, but that information includes the names of the new planet, some of the new and returning characters and companions, as well as the direction the story is headed. If you didn't tune into the live stream and don't want to know any of these details, now is your time to climb into the escape pod and jettison yourself to safety. For everyone else... We're headed into the asteroid field known as Jedi Under Siege. So we learn that the new story is going to take place on the planet Osis. It's an ancient Jedi world that was devastated by the Sith many years ago. A group of Jedi have established a colony there. The Sith Empire has learned of this and aren't too happy about it. So the new story is going to pit the Republic against the Empire. They said it's going to be like McKeb in that there are two there are separate storylines for the Empire and Republic. And there's even going to be an option to play the role of loyalist or saboteur depending on the facts and choices you made in the Traitor storyline. What were your thoughts on the direction of the story and Osis as a planet? So, uh, is it Osis or Osis? I, I, well, whichever it is. I think, I think, I think a, Osis is what I've, I've heard. But again, I've, I, other than the live stream, and, and I've never heard it mentioned out loud by, I guess, in a film, per se, or uh, animated series or, or anything like that. So, But I think sure. it's Osis. Uh I think it's awesome. The screenshots of the planet look cool. Um, and I think it's a great way to say, start the story, you know, really um, thoughtful. So while the Eternal Empire, and, uh, Eternal Empire were taking over and doing all that, this band of Jedi kind of said, let's get out of here. They go to this devastated planet, and they've been hanging out on this planet for the five or seven years that we've been gone. I mean, what a perfect segue into the new storyline. 
I didn't see that coming. I was curious how they were going to do it, but I think it's a really cool and thoughtful idea. And then, of course, to answer the question about the, you know, the Republic and the Empire. Well, of course. So the Jedi are on this planet. And, of course, the Empire wants to come and eradicate them because they have a planet. Yeah, I, I totally agree there in the the idea of – and like you, I wasn't anticipating that the next step would be to see the, the, the Jedi in seclusion, so to speak. And, and I wonder if this is like sort of the, the full Jedi order or is it just sort of a, a faction of Jedi? Because I think at the end of Knights of the Eternal Throne, I mean, I think there was one of the cinematics there where we saw Satil, I want to say, on either Tython or Coruscant. It looks like they were sort of rebuilding the Jedi Temple there, but – you know, she was an interesting character because it looks like she almost split apart from the, from the Jedi Order in some ways and kind of went out on her, went out on her own for Fallen Empire and Eternal Throne. So I'm curious to see what her role in all this is, and, and I was just sort of very curious to see what's happened to the Jedi Order um, themselves because they didn't really seem to play a big part in the the previous storyline at all. They kind of they kind of disappeared a little bit, and we saw the Republic, but not necessarily the the, the Jedi Order. So they had a lot of screenshots, as you said, from the from the planet. Reminded me, and others have pointed out too, that it looked a little bit like Jeddah from from Rogue One. Was that your impression of it too? Did that sort of what you thought of when you saw it? I just thought it had that cool classic Star Wars feel to it, with the you know Jeddah or what was the planet from uh, the Force Awakens that they started on in the desert, where the you know, Star Destroyer was sticking out of the ground. Yeah, that was Jakku. Jakku, yeah. okay. So, yeah, it kind of, you know, all of those. And then Jeddah as well, where it was just so the orange, but, you know, with the statues of the uh, Jedi sticking out of the sand, it just had that Jakku kind of feel too. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the way it looked a lot because I always get nervous when they, you know, start giving the history of the planet and they talk about how it's been devastated and nearly all life is destroyed. And I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to get another barren, sort of boring looking planet with sort of one terrain type of thing. And I just um, I like sort of the pretty places, some of the tropical worlds like with Caparo is one of my uh, favorite places that that they put together. But when I saw some of the screenshots for this, I thought, all right, they did a really nice job here. And they managed to show some images of people farming and they, they got some green and some vegetation in there. So it actually looks like a, a place I wouldn't mind uh, spending some time on. Sure. Caparo, let's face it. When I'm on Caparo, I think of, you know, the Caribbean and the blue water and just sitting yeah. on a beach with a cocktail with an umbrella in it. Because that's the only place you can drink a drink with an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> So and, and that was a great, great looking place. But I think this, I think Osis is going looking pretty good, and I can't wait to to, get to go check it out. Are you going to go into the PTS and see it, or are you going to wait, like myself, to see that planet? I'm undecided. I mean, the story is not going to be on the PTS, so you wouldn't have to mm-hmm. worry about going on there and worrying about spoilers or, or things of that nature, but they are going to have the planet and I believe the daily area, which would mean the missions and so forth. Um, part of me is a little bit curious to see what kinds of missions they are and, and play them a little bit, but I don't know. I may wait. I may see if I can wait until it comes out before I do that. But if yeah. I get bored, <laughs> I'll probably go know. in. Right. I'll wait. I, I don't want to... 
I'll I'll go on the PTS to do the Gods from the Machine stuff that we'll talk about after, but the the Asa stuff I want when we do the story is the first time I want to see it. Yeah. Because I feel like I'll be even more immersed because if you go there and you test out the dailies when the story comes out, if it's the same thing as the dailies kind of like Oricon, you're gonna be like, Oh, I've done this a million times. And I feel like it's gonna take a little bit away from it. Yeah, and my other concern too is even by doing the missions, unless they're not going to be handed out by NPCs. I mean, there's always a risk, right, that you can see some places or see some things and you can kind of infer what might have happened or, or infer events and things like that. So, you know, right. even though they're going to do what they can to protect the story, there's always that small chance that you see something or something catches your eye that says, oh, I wonder if this means this. <laughs> right. So you may inadvertently spoil it for yourself. Well, speaking of spoiling things just a little bit, one of the things they did in addition to the concept images um, for the concept art for the planet was they showed an image of the new loading screen for 510. And, it, and it's incredible. And it had a lot of the key characters we'll be meeting in the story. One of the new characters they said was a uh, is for the works for the Republic and is a Jedi named uh, Tal Ildera, I think is how they pronounced it. She looks awesome. What did you think of her? I mean, she sort of had, uh, I, I don't know, she looked very different than... Uh, some of the other NPCs in addition to having a giant tattoo on the side of her head, but she just looked really cool. Uh, to me, she looked really, I guess the word I, I'm going to say is seasoned. You know, she she looks like she's been battle tested and she got away to save the Jedi. That's that's all I keep saying to myself is look at her. She looks like she got away to protect the Jedi and, you know, the commitment of the Jedi Order tattoo on the side of her head that had to hurt. Um, I'm really excited for the new screen because we've been staring at the Knights of the Eternal Throne uh, load screen for a while now. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, I assume this will replace that and be more than just when we go to, to Osis, which is pretty cool, right? That's a pretty pretty good step. I mean, uh, we don't normally get a new loading screen for just a regular old game update. That's usually something we get you know, with an expansion. Which is why, in part, five ten to me almost felt like a mini expansion rather than a, than a game update. I agree. It, it's you know, it's it, it's a it seems like it's a really big prelude. Exactly that, and that's a perfect way of of putting it because we know it's going to lead into whatever whatever comes next. But I think they're, I I don't think they're I don't know how long the story is going to take, but I don't think this is going to be a, a five minute deal <laughs> maybe maybe another hopefully another hour-long trek well they compared it to mckeb mckeb took a little while it did mckeb mckeb did take a little while initially if it's that length and that that's that's pretty good that's pretty big so another uh, republic character uh is the famed jedi master nostral it's his first appearance in the game although he's been featured uh elsewhere um for, as far as SWOTOR is concerned, but first time in the game, what do you think? Are you a fan? People seem really excited to, to see him in the game. I am so excited for him. Um, I got the collector's edition when the game came out, and I had his journal. So I've been following him since the beginning of the game. Wow, what a cool idea. It is a great idea, and like I said, I, I have I don't have the journal, but I did cert certainly watched those videos that they put out uh, prior to the game's release, where he sort of was going into the Jedi archives, trying to piece together some of the historical events um, that led up to the 
Sith Empire's return, and, and those were really good. Um, I'll be curious if they got the same voice actor uh, to play him. Hopefully they did. I, I imagine that they... I don't see why they wouldn't, but um, that'll be cool if they do that. I agree. Yeah, and uh, the the voice actor, by the way, the person who, who voiced Nostral originally was... was uh, Lance Henriksen, who most people probably remember uh, from the Aliens movies. He played Bishop, one of the, the synthetic uh, humanoids there, and I think. And he's been in so many, many different things. But it'd be cool if they were to get him back to, to reprise that role, and I'd be sort of surprised if they don't. So another character for the Republic was this guy, General Dayrune, who's a new species. I think it's called a Krek. I'm not 100% sure. But he looked very cool as well. What did you think? I think it's cool. I, I like the fact that there are new characters, not mm-hmm. companions. So I'm welcoming all these new faces. I think it's cool that they created a new voice for a species that we've seen, but mm-hmm. we've never heard them speak. So I'm excited for it. It's just an, they're just going outside of the box. Yeah, and speaking of companions there, and they did mention during the live stream that these new characters would not become permanent companions. Maybe down the road that might happen, but they will be, in some cases, story companions, meaning you know, you'll get to a certain point in the story and then they'll join you uh, to fight alongside you and help you out like they would uh, any other companion. Uh, you know, Think about uh, just like they do with uh, uh, Darth Maul, for example. Right. In Knights of the the Fallen Empire, so I imagine like Darth Maul. Well, it's probably not. I, I'm assuming this story is not going to be repeatable. So, but you might get to a certain point in the story and can exit out and run around with him for for a while. You know, there's sure there'll be someone who tries that just to have him as a sort of semi permanent companion and doesn't finish the story on a character. Right. Well, the way I look at it is this: is if there's a way to break the game, people will try to find a way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And now over on the uh, the the for the Empire, we're going to be working with a member of the Dark Council named Darth Melora, and she's actually a returning character who you might remember from one of the side quests on on Korriban. Uh, at that time, she was an apprentice, and she wanted to sort of subvert her master's plans. I think Lord Renning was his name. He was the one that was dealing with the Tukata. And in that mission, you have the choice to help her. Or betray her, and I'm a little nervous because I'm pretty sure I went all dark side <laughs> on her, and I'm wondering if she's going to remember that or not. But what did you think of that? So I think it's awesome that they're bringing care. Well, they're bringing her back because I remember this mission, and I am I believe in the light side, so I went light side, and so I know I helped her, and I guarantee that they've. How can they not tie that together? Or even even if she like teams up with you for like the five seconds or something, why can't you know she has that snarky remark? Well, maybe I'll betray you, like you did me, and then you kind of go on your way or something like that, just to tie it together. That would be great. Um, the other thing that I really like about her, and what I like about what the devs did, was they had us all fooled. They were like, oh, we have a new Darth from the Dark Dark Council coming, and maybe you guys can help us. And I was watching chat, and everybody's typing their answer, and they're like, first letter is M. 
And then they're like, second letter is A. And then they were like, L. And then everybody's typing in Malgus in the chat. It's like a stream of Malguses. And then they were like, Melora. And I think the first person that went, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. They, the way they, they sort of trolled us like that. I, I loved it. I thought it was a, probably one of my favorite moments of, of the live stream overall. <laughs> For sure. And But I think it's great that they're bringing a character back. Bring the character back who we did interact with, whether it was a small piece of the game, but we still interacted and there was still a choice to either help or betray. And now you have to come back and, you know, maybe if you betrayed her, maybe she's going to be like, you know, forget you. I'm not Mm -hmm. helping you. Good luck. And again, that would only... Yeah, yeah, hit the bricks, right? And that would only matter really for the Sith Warriors and Sith Inquisitors. Um, Right. You know, the, the Bounty Hunters and Agents, you guys are... We're, we're, we're free and clear, I would think. Right. But I've said this many times before. I love how they cultivate characters in this game and are able to take a minor character and then turn them into a major character. And, you know, it just gives the story a sense of continuity, sort of progression and, and history to it. It just adds sort of this nice layer of depth to the overall story. And they're 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 probably the best at that, just, you know, keeping track of all the different characters that they they have and finding ways to just, you know, take any of them and do something really cool with them and make make someone seemingly insignificant become ultra important. Right. But now, back to your the trolling and Malgus for a second. Let's talk about that because in that screenshot in the back, there was this sort of hooded, cloaked figure. You couldn't see who it was. Don't even know if it was male or female, but do you think there's a chance that Malgus will return in this story? I can only hope. I think Malgus would be such a great thing for the game to have him come back. Now, there's there's people that are already data mining, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you're data mining, I don't want to know. I want to wait and find out what it is for real. Like, I'm not even going on the PTS to see the planet. Like, I am mm-hmm. so excited. But I'm going to tell you, when they released that screenshot, I saw it immediately. And I said, that's Malgus. It has to be. <laughs> and I'm not saying he's going to be the antagonist. But he, I, I'm hoping he's going to play a critical role in 5.10. And it'll just make the community so happy because everybody loves Malgus. And believe it or not, his ways during the false emperor like he wanted to allow aliens to come in and you know change things and his way wasn't really that bad but we all know what happened yeah we do know what happened i wonder about that too nowadays when you look at what's happened uh since then all the events that have happened since then you know was he wrong you know i sort of asked that question myself you know did malgus really have the right idea maybe he wasn't going about it the right way. But, you know, keep in mind, we didn't really know at that time what the emperor's true plans were, what his true nature was. Right. So, you know, this was we didn't know he was out to destroy all life <laughs> as we know right. it. Um, yeah. So that wasn't known when we go through that story. And but like you said, he wanted to have a more open, more tolerant uh, empire. And so, you know, I, I sort of wonder if I if he does come back in the game and, you know, I almost want to say, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you had the right. right idea. And that's, and maybe that's, so 
let's let's speculate a little bit on that because Malgus is such a big part. What if you have the choice on the Empire to say to side with him or be against him? Mm-hmm. And what if you say, you know what? I think you were right, man. I'm sorry we did this to you, but I think you were right, and that's where the true prelude starts. And maybe that's the progression of the saboteur or the loyalist that they talk it, it, about, which we'll talk about after. But, yeah, I mean, it's so excited, exciting to kind of speculate. I love this part of the game when we don't know what's coming. Yeah, and again, this is just pure speculation. Neither of us are looking at data mind information. And one of the things I should point out, yeah, it's definitely stay away from that. They, they kind of... Uh, Eric and Charles sort of warned people to stay away from the data mining stuff. You know, don't ruin the story. And I think Keith typed into the chat that they had actually put some stuff in those game files that were completely not true just to kind of they, – they put out a bunch of red herrings, so to speak, and some false information Good. in there so to, to throw people off, which is great, which I, which I love. <laughs> so you can't trust anything that you're seeing out of data mining necessarily. Right. I think it's great. And – I think um, just like, you know, people troll them, I think they're trolling us. They're saying, you know, you know, you guys want to try to troll us. We're going to troll you guys. And it started in the live stream and it's continued today. I mean, I saw on Twitter, you know, Musco and Charles were kind of messing with people about, I don't know if it was Malgus or somebody else, because obviously people are data mining and... I just saw that, you know, they were just calling them trolls, and I thought it was great. I said, good for them. They should be doing it. And I completely agree. And then, there, you know, I'm going to call out somebody. I don't know who it is. Somebody on the live stream, and Eric, I remember, stopped mid-sentence in it and said, you know what's going to come out in 5.10? Bugs. And Eric (laughs) Moscow called out that trolling and was like, yeah. But go on the PTS right now, tomorrow or as soon as it's released and come test it so there is no bugs. It's on you, dude. I think it was great. I think this was the first time that I've seen in the game where they were, you know, kind of, I want to say, talking back and talking about all these awesome things and having fun with us. I mean, Matt Pusevich was trying to get everybody to eat Swedish fish. On yeah, the, uh, he was. On the stream. I mean, come on. That's just shows they're real people. And I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. So in addition to all the story characters, there are several returning companions coming in 510. And they include Doc, Nadia Grell, Lightside Jaysa, who will be part of the story on Osis. Also returning are Darkside Jaysa and Kem Val, who I think those will be separate alliance alerts. And it should be noted that these companions, all of these companions, are only returning for the class that they started with. So they're not going to be available to everyone. And I believe they said Kem Val will only be available if you sided with him over Zash during the class story, which I think I did most most times. And that for characters like Jaysa and Nadia, they're introducing same-sex romance options and they are introducing a romance option for light side Jaysa as well. So that's some pretty cool stuff. What do you what do you think about these companions coming back? Um I, I I think it's I think we're due to have all of our companions back. I'm ready for it. I think everybody's ready for it. Um, it's been long enough. You know, Doc I think is funny. Uh, Nadia, I don't really know much about. Lightside Jasa, she's awesome. 
everybody, uh, you know, everybody's always like, oh, dark side, dark side. I think they've had dark side Jason done for a while, and that's why she's a separate story. I think if you played and had dark side Jason, I think she's going to be a great, great story. I don't think it's just going to be this little tiny thing because people have wanted it for so long. And then Kevin Ball, um, believe it or not, I've, I'm in the middle of doing my sorcerer class story that I've never done. Mm-hmm. And every time somebody has done the sorcerer class story, I've tuned out. So even when you're doing your story projects, I kind of fast forward through the parts where you're talking about the cis sorcerer. It's kind of funny to see me at work, you know, <laughs> kind of stopping when you're talking about it. And I'm fast forwarding through the uh, sorcerer to try to enjoy it. And then I think they said you can re- romance Kem Vall. Which, uh, I heard that a couple of times, and I guess that's true. That just seems so bizarre to me. Bizarre. To that that's true. But I'll have to wait and see. So, I, again, when we talk about them trolling, <laughs> is this one of them? Are they trolling? But I don't know that they were they were trolling. This sounds like it's it's legit, but I'll have to wait and see because it's just yeah. an odd thing to be able to do. But you wonder now, you know, well, if they're going to do that, will they open up the doors for other weird creatures and things <laughs> like, like Scorpio? People have asked about Scorpio before which i thought um, not to get too far off track but the solo movie may have opened the door for th- th- that possibility but with the, hey with yeah. the that, that relationship between lando and his droid mm-hmm. l3 ah, so hey <laughs> there's <laughs> that that right. type of thing might actually be canon now in the star wars universe so hey why not scorpio uh, right yeah, so no, I think these are all – it's great to see all these companions come back. I'm a little bit torn about them being available only to the, the class that they started with, which I understand it makes sense. But from a character standpoint in terms of like my tunes, my particular characters and story completion standpoint, not all of – I haven't brought all my stories this, this far, all my characters through the story, through the, the story. So some of them are still on Knights of the Fallen Empire and, and at various points. And um, I know there's going to be a fast forward option to just jump straight into Osis and it'll basically com- auto-complete all the, the prior stories and make some default choices for you. But I hate doing that sometimes. I like to kind of get all my characters through through the stories on my own. And I'm just too far behind, it feels like, on some of these characters that it'll be a while before I might see Darkseid Jaysa or or, or so forth, or some of these other character returns. Wait a minute. You haven't played the Marauder all the way through? I'm really disappointed in you, Ted. I don't think I've finished Knights of the Eternal Throne on, on oh, you Marauder. Have to. You have to. That's your new story project. But, but I have so many tunes. I have like 37, and I think that's probably a small number. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. To, the, to other people. Okay. Well, there's nothing wrong with, you know, you've seen the story, right? Mm-hmm. So your your Merc has gone through it. This has gone through it. That's gone through it. I mean, if you have to make a few default choices so you can enjoy the companions coming back, and now you're at the new story, I mean, does it really matter if you kill Scorpio or not, or kill Koth. I mean, for me, I'm looking at it as I'll play through the Jedi Knight and I'll play through the Sith Warrior. Everything else will fast forward through because, you know, I still have not um, done my 
bounty hunter through uh, coffee or Kotet because it just is just seems wrong to me that I'm all of a sudden going to have the force. So I'm going to fast forward. That's going to be my perfect excuse to just fast forward through it. So moving forward, I think um, the companions coming back are going to be fun. I think we'll get to enjoy the ones that we can have. And, you know, kind of like Mako, unless you've gone through everything with your Merc, you didn't get Mako back. So it just is basically making everybody who's a completionist complete everything so they can move forward. Yep. No, it's not. It's not a terrible thing. It's it's a nice option to have, right? Or otherwise, you know, you may never ever bring some of these characters uh, through the new story as, as as they're released, and it's and it's nice that these stories build on one another. So this is really, literally, you know, the next chapter in our, right. in our characters' lives. Uh, so the. Completing the story will unlock a daily area on Osis, and they said that there are 10-plus daily missions and a weekly mission for each faction. There's a new reputation, two world bosses, which I'm looking forward to, uh, three new Datacrons, and there will be apparently Seeker Droid and Macro Binocular missions. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on the daily area? Are you looking forward to this? As long as it's not... Like IOPath, because the IO I like what I like about the dailies is you know you and I can group up, we can go to CZ, we can go to Oricon, we can do all the dailies in one day and get a ton of CXP, some credits, and all that stuff. And you know it's fun and it's fast, and it in the it's not super long or anything like that. Where the IOPath you can't do it all in one day, and that it drives me crazy. So I barely do it. Yeah, I hardly ever go to IOCath. They did not like IOCath. I know they sort of build it as, you know, Daily Area 2.0, but I don't think it was uh, a big success. In part, as you right. said, you couldn't do it all in one day. And I just didn't like IOCath, being on IOCath for the most part. I thought it was a bit of a maze, and I was always, always took me a long time to, to get around and mm-hmm. figure out where I needed to go and where I was going. Uh, yes. That one one mission where you use the macro binoculars, even though I would do it, I don't know how many times I've done it. I've done it plenty of times, but I can never remember where all five uh, locations are. So I struggled to, 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 it always takes me a long time to do. Um, so yeah, I just did not enjoy IOCath. But they did say OSIS was going to be a, more like their traditional daily areas. They said the missions were not going to rotate. So it was just going to be a set set of missions that we would do every day including their, their their weekly so i think they're kind of went back took took a step back here and i think that'll be for the for the better so it'll probably be more like uh yavin 4 or someplace like that that covers the new story in daily area coming in jedi under siege why don't we take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about the new tier 5 gear and how you can get it <laughs>
you want to hear more of Marcus, be sure to check out his podcast, Working Class Nerds. He and co-host Nick Fern cover the latest SWOTOR news and have awesome guests from the SWOTOR community. If you're looking for a good place to start, I recommend checking out episode 12, TED Talk, which guest stars yours truly. And we're back. I'm here with Marcus from the Working Class Nerds podcast, and I want to talk about the new tier of gear. Now, during the live stream, we learned that there will be two levels of gear, 252, which will be artifact quality, and 258, which will be legendary, and the itemization will be the same as it is now. In addition to crafting the gear, we'll be able to acquire it from the new reputation vendor and world bosses on OSIS. So let's talk about crafting first. They said that it would be the most efficient and potentially fastest way to get the gear. Schematics will come from the trainers, and materials will come from crew skills, OSIS, PvP, Conquest, and Master Mode gods from the machine. In fact, I believe there is a material that only comes from the operation, and then the crafted gear will also be BOE, meaning players can trade it and sell it on the GTN. So... What are your what are your thoughts on the crafted gear? Crafted gear is great because I can't tell you how many times uh you know a guildy Zen has made me a couple relics of two forty six for an alt. And so I think crafted gear is great. The concern I have is who I am is if there's a higher tier and I, I and I know you're gonna tell me you're the same way because I remember listening back at episode, you know, 35 where you were running episode, I mean, chapter one and two of coffee a hundred times to try to get to CSP yeah. rank 300. Yeah. I remember that like yesterday. I did and, do that. Yeah. And I remember listening to that going, man, that's dedication. And I would do it in veteran mode and I would get my butt whooped because I was in 228 gear. But back to what I was, my, my whole thought was is I'm concerned that the only way that you're actually going to be able to get this gear is by doing master mode ops. It worries me because, you know, it's an MMO. I want the best gear. I run ops, whether I'm doing story mode or I'm doing, you know, veteran mode or master mode. I want, I want to, I want my gear to say 258 and I'm going to do what it takes, but I don't have a team that does master mode and man i don't even know if my marauder could handle master mode <laughs> so this is yeah this is going to be an, an issue what i'm curious about right because if there's a material that only comes from master mode gods from the machine keep in mind that the groups that are running it um and we've joked about you know the 15 people in game that are actually running it or whatever or, but joking aside it's going to it's going to be hard, right? It's going to take them a while to get to kill bosses and get get things on farm, right? So maybe you get Tithe that first week and in but you know, Tithe sort of becomes your primary source of that material for a good while before you start getting more and more bosses down. So it could be a a, a while before a people have enough sources for that material whatever it is and then ops groups are going to want to craft it for themselves first and I I just wonder how long is it going to take to get a full set of gear that way how and, many people you know, are running master mode ops 
I have no idea. It's a small percentage of the game, I would guess. I don't know. I, I'm really... This is the one thing. So I'm excited that there's another tier of gear. First, I'm excited. Thank you, Bioware, because I think that's a nice way to keep people motivated. You know, mm-hmm. give keep giving people reasons to grind and, you know, make it fun for me. But at the same time, it has to be, you know, it has to be available other you know you have to be able to get the gear without doing master mode ops whether it's just a random chance that you're going to get the material in your rng or you know ranked pvp or regular pvp i i don't know yet this is the one topic from the live stream that i'm going to be watching really closely to see how we get yeah well and again crafting is just one way to to get that gear there will be other ways that just won't be as efficient and will probably take a lot longer, um, which they mentioned too. And so I think they said the other avenue for acquiring the gear is to purchase it from the OSIS reputation vendor with a new currency called Masterwork Shards. And the shards will come from a new special weekly mission, which I think will rotate between like operations, flashpoints, and so forth. The OSIS weekly command crates, there'll be a chance for those shards to drop in command crates. And then you'll be able to trade unassembled components for them. Although they said the unassembled components, there might be a cap per week, and then it'll get more expensive as you trade in unassembled components during that that week. And that probably resets from week to week, but maybe it'll cost a hundred components, for example, to get that first few shards, and then it'll maybe cost two hundred components to get the same amount of shards as, right. as you do it throughout the week. Um, and they also said that the 252 gear will be a rare, which is the artifact quality, will be a rare drop from rank 300 crates. But so, so do you think that seems reasonable? What, are, what were your thoughts on, on getting the gear through those shards and that currency? Well, I think the first off, there's a limit to your unassembled components. I think yeah. that's pretty cool because, you know, it, you know, if you have a stockpile of, you know, a hundred thousand unassemble components you're like oh i'm just gonna buy my way to 258 or 252 whatever it is well then okay i can see that you know so it gets expensive so you basically can buy one piece of gear a week with your components at a cheap rate Mm -hmm. and then after that if you buy it it's like triple or quadruple the cost i think that's awesome because again they're extending the life of the gear grind because we have these components that we have this and we have that all these different things um i think the 252 gear coming out of the command crates as a rare drop i think that's good you know i would be i really want the 258 but if the 258 is really for the master mode people i'm okay with that but make the 252 available to guys like me and you know everybody else that's the way i look at it yeah i'm right there with you i mean i will do my best to get 258 gear. I would expect the prices for the crafted gear when it when it arrives on the GTN is going to be uh, a lot higher than I'd be willing to to pay to purchase it. Um, since I'm not doing master mode operations, it'd just be a waste of credits. But certainly we'll we'll strive to get the the 252 gear and we'll work to get the shards. I don't know. I'm not sitting on a pile of unassembled components. I think I have like close to 4,000 right now. And it just started hanging on to them to gear alts and get them in 248 gear. But now, <laughs> too bad for my alts. It's, this is all going to go towards my main, I think. And 
uh, be a way to acquire some of that new gear. Um, but back to what you said about, you know, sort of extending the life of the gear grind. And this is sort of my concern, I guess, or, 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 or a question I have in my mind is, how long is this gear grind supposed to take and how long is it going to supposed to take us to get into the full set of gear? Because whenever they launch the next expansion, I think it's safe to assume there's going to be a level cap increase and there's going to be a gear reset and they will introduce new gear and this gear will become obsolete. And if this is, we're looking at a super long gear grind here, I'm just wondering what does this mean for the expansion when they might launch that now. And I think it seems to be getting further and further out in the distance in my mind um, each time we get new information. Well, was it you that said when, you know, maybe it was me, I don't know, somebody said they don't expect the 6.0 expansion till Christmas of 2019 or early 2020. You know, I don't... I think we get the big announcement at Star Wars Celebration, and I don't think it comes till the end of the year. That's my be- opinion of 2019. Yeah, I'm beginning to think that as well, which then begs the question, well, what happens between now and then? Um, will we get more story? And I yes. know we're getting a little bit off topic and things from the from the live stream, but I guess will the, will, the, will this story continue uh, – I guess it's going to have to uh, without the expansion, so to speak. You know, there'll be, there'll be more to fill in before the expansion. Well, I guess said, is what they're going to have to do. Right. You said we're getting off topic, but not really because we're trying to think, is it – so the real question what you're saying or I'm saying is, is it going to be worth it for us to grind for the 252 or the 258 yeah. gear? That's the real question because – if the new expansion is going to come in July of 2019, do you really want to spend, you know, three months trying to get 258 gear? And then by the time you're done with it, you know, the expansion's out and all that grinding is for nothing. Or maybe the new base gear is, you know, 252 and then it jumps into the 260s. I, I'm not really sure, but I will say this I'm an ops player. I want the best gear. Whether I'm doing story mode or not, if I can kill, you know, Bronte's that much faster, perfect. Then we can go do another op in the same night. Yeah. You know, the the next expansion, yeah, it's going to replace our gear, but we have something we need to play. And I don't think 5.10 is the last piece of story. I think that's the beginning. So I think we're going to get 5.10, and then we're going to get another type of 5.10, for something else. So that's what I'm starting to think now too, that there's there'd be five ten. I mean I guess there'll probably be a, a five eleven, maybe a five twelve now. But yeah, and, and and that's exactly the point I was trying to make. It's like is it gonna be worth <laughs> grinding out this gear if I'm only gonna have it for a few days. So you know, right. a full set for a few days before it becomes obsolete with the next next expansion. But that's why yeah. I'm watching this one so close. Yeah. It it, it will bear watching and again um, it will absolutely, you know, because the question we say is the new gear is coming. Why do we need it? And of course, the answer is because of master mode gods from the machine. In fact, Matt during the live stream said uh, that to start master mode, it's expected you'll be in full 248 gear with 240 augments. And that by the end of it, you'll probably be in at least 252, which isn't too bad, right? That's the lower tier of the new tier. 
basically so, what he's saying is you're going to be able to craft 252 gear for everybody on your team. Yeah. But it's going to be really hard to get the 258 stuff. If you're in 258 gear, you've got it going on. Yeah. Uh, and that was sort of my sense too, that 258, you'll be overpowering uh, master mode gods from the machine, uh, at least what it's tuned for, right? You'll be above the, right. you'll be above the curb there. Guild male, mm-hmm. fine, but I don't foresee that. Um, the ban by legacy, since I've been around, we've never banned somebody completely because, you know, everybody's pretty decent. Um, the the new ranks, sure, if you if you have 5,000 ranks you give to your people, I think that's cool, but, you know, in AIE, there's only, you know, three or four ranks, so that's not going to affect us. But the one thing that I am overjoyed with is the uh, guild inspect. So, Ted, you're let's say you're playing with me, and you know we don't we're just you know a pug group, and you're like, wow, you know this guy and his team that I'm filling in for is pretty awesome. What guild are they in? And then you scroll over us, and you know there's an inspect tool that says, wow, AIE guild. Um, not really sure. I think I've heard the name, and then you see, oh, the Star Wars Escape podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, I listened to that podcast. That's the guild. Oh, working class nerds. Oh, you know, I think Marcus, that guy talks about the AIE guild. I want to join that guild. I think it's an opportunity to get people to join your guild without you know having to try to send that message on Korriban that says oh yeah. we have a 10% guild bonus we have this we have this you know it's a it's a nice way where you could be random randomly on a planet and you scroll against somebody and you know maybe you're a little upset with your guild because they're not doing the things you like to do and you're like wow this guy's an AIE I want to join it or whatever other mm-hmm. guild you're in the logging I think the logging will be cool for some contests, you know, but it's going to be more work. So if you start running a contest for who puts up the most conquest points every week, you know, an officer is going to have to follow that. I think it's going to be cool because if somebody says, I'm logged in every single day, you know, I don't understand how this isn't like this. And you look back and they've logged in three or four times in a week rather than seven. You're like, well, you're not really on the game. Like you say you are or something like that. Um, But I'm excited that they're giving guilds the update that they finally need. The one thing that I will say, and I'm really going on my rant because I'm passionate about this one is the guild search. So, if you want to give something to somebody in the guild, there's no organization in the guild window. And they've mentioned that there's going to be a new interface for it. I'm praying that there's a little more organization for the guild. Well, that, unlike everything else, will be one of the things that's going up on the PTS. So that would encourage you to go in there and, I don't know, start a guild and see what kind of options there are. And I'd certainly be willing to help you do that. Although I, I'm sure AIE has a has a version of the guild on, on the PTS, but uh, yes, all those changes shown changes will be on there. So there'll be a good opportunity to at least go on there and, and check those out. And in addition to all those guild management changes, they're also adding this guild progression system, 
Uh, guilds will have levels, uh, which will allow you to gain access to, which was kind of interesting, temporary and rotating perks, for example, such as increased XP or extra conquest objectives. And they're going to be doing some improvements to, to conquest as well. But the idea that, hey, some of these perks might only be available for a limiting time for right now, and then they may come back uh, later on. I thought that was that was a way to sort of keep things fresh, I guess, or encourage you to do certain types of activities during that, that window. I, I don't know how much conquest you do, but the guild changes seem to be centered around that. I mean, you think that's a good thing? I think I think it'll be fun for a few months. I think the guild changes will be a... I mean, the guild ranks will be fun. But almost like your legacy level. Once you hit legacy 50, mm-hmm. it's over. You know, unless, you know, it would be cool if they did it without, you know, a number associated with it. Guild rank 1, guild rank 2, guild rank 50. I think it would be cool as if, you know, if you hit 700,000 conquest points, you get this buff. If you hit 200,000 points, you get this buff. And instead of saying, you know, guild actual, like, number levels... You just get these weekly buffs to make people work for them. I think that would be cool. I like that, you know, it's going to make a conquest buff because the AIE guild is, I mean, we're hitting large target on one side every week and small on the other every single week. It's wild. The dedication that everybody does for this conquest is pretty cool. I personally am like probably the laziest person in AIE and I don't do it, but. It's really fun to see. So the final change coming to guilds are these PvP challenges, and you'll be able to challenge other guilds or groups to PvP matches. So while it's only for fun, it doesn't advance your PvP, guilds will have the ability to track their match stats. So I know you don't PvP a lot, but uh, are you looking forward to this? What are your thoughts on this? I think it'll be a fun event, you know. I'm going to call him out, Brian from the Bad Feeling Podcast. He called us out in his, and he was saying how he's looking forward to it because he's going to have a Bad Feeling Podcast versus <laughs> the AIE Podcast. And I say bring it on. And I think it'll just be fun because, you know, as you know, Ted, I'm a pretty much a community guy. I like to connect everybody oh, yeah. and have a fun time. So, you know, I remember you came with us on that night in Rishi and we had a blast playing Hutball and Deathmatch and all these yeah, things in the fun. Rishi Strongholds. So if now if we can get another guild and almost have like, you know, a three on three, a five on five, an eight V eight, you know, guild multi guild wide event in our strongholds or even in the Vanden Hutball map, I think it's gonna be fun. Um and it'll again connect the community and get everybody to start playing together. I think it's great, and if they give you the option to queue for a specific war zone, even even better, right? So that'd be fun. So you can have a a fun night playing Star, uh, you know, Void Star or Alderaan Civil War. Just pick the one you want and go in there with your group. And if nothing else, you can use it for practice or just goofing around or whatever whatever you feel like doing. I think it's a I think it's a nice little feature. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how it comes together. So I think that about covers the Swotor live stream uh, game update 510 will go live sometime in december but many of these features will be available to test on the pts which is out um already and this includes the gods from the machine the guild changes and the new daily area and they're going to be sort of staging the release of each of those those contents so i believe gods from the machine is up now on the pts for people to go and test 
and the story and returning companions will not be on the PTS, so be sure to hop on there and test things out. So I know we've covered a lot today, but before I let you go, I wanted to talk about the podcaster event that you and Dr. Swotor are organizing. What's happening in when? November 10th, 9 p.m., Starforge server on Dr. Sotor's Twitch channel. We have united all of us. So Working Class Nerds, your podcast, Bad Feeling, Passionately Casual, the Escape Podcast, Utini Cast, uh, the usual podcast. All of us podcasters have come together, and we're going to do uh, the console Sotor. Um, we've united everybody, and... We're going to run 16-man Gods from the Machine, and it's either going to be a really smooth run or it's going to be really <laughs> hilarious because we're dying. And, you know, you're putting a bunch of people who have loud voices together in one place. It should be an event. It's going to be a special event because it's never been done. You know, the old SOTOR uh, podcasters, they used to do like a coalition kind of podcast but never have gotten together and kind of ran something together. It's almost like herding cats to try to get everybody together, but we're going for it, and I hope it's successful. And, Ted, I appreciate you being willing to come because it's going uh, to be an event. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for it. And you said 9 p.m. Is that Eastern time or when is what, – what Yeah, time Eastern time. Yep, yeah. 9 p.m. Eastern time, the real world time zone. It's going to be great. Um, we've gotten, I've gotten some codes from Musco, so we're going to have a few giveaways through it. The whole purpose is at different parts, we're all going to ask everybody to kind of have like a one or two minute synopsis of their podcast so we can kind of break down everybody's show and kind of give everybody their spotlight and just really highlight us in the community and say to everybody, hey, we're here and we're playing this game. And I mean, there's seven or eight podcasts that all play this game and talk about it. So I'm really yeah, that's a great part that the podcasts are very active and the players themselves are very actively playing the game quite a bit. And so that's yeah, it, it is a good community. It's a great it's a great event, and I, I can't wait to be uh, a part of it. I'm really looking forward to to November 10th here. Not not too far away at this point. I'm just under a month now. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. And if the listeners want to hear more from you, where can they find you, Marcus? I am at MarcusB814 on Twitter. And you can find our Working Class Nerds podcast on any of the podcast forums. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And it's always great to have you on. I think this is, what, your third appearance on the show now? So that's more than anybody else. So congratulations to you on that. Well, thanks for having me. It's it's great. I, I, I love to talk. And, you know, having the conversation with you is you have a different view than, you know, Nick does. So I, you bring mm -hmm. out better parts of me on some stuff than, you know, Nick would because he you you're playing the game side by side in an op with me and my team. So it's really fun to talk with you on your show and when you come on ours. Well, thanks again. Final note for today, as part of the live stream event, Bioware released a special cantina flare that you can display in-game. Just go to swotor.com and enter the code SWCANTINA2018, and I believe it has to be all caps, and you will receive the flare via an in-game email on all of your characters. The flare is available to everyone, but for a limited time only. The code will expire at the end of 2018. 
And that's the state of the Old Republic for today. Let me cut in the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another hour listening to episode 88 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is SotorPodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SotorPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SotorPodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 89 sometime soon. Until then, remember the Sith Code. Kate is alive.